Well, thank you, John. Good morning. Uh, my name is Will Albritton, and uh, I am one of the uh, elders here uh, at Grace of Anne, and it is certainly uh, a privilege uh, to serve in that capacity, having uh, just uh, rotated off of session. I have uh, a reprieve, and it's, uh, I have to be honest with you, it's kind of nice, uh, not going to session meeting last month or this month in January. Uh, but this morning, what we want to do is put focus on Sanctity of Life Sunday. Uh, if you have been around Grace of Anne uh, any amount of time, I hope you know just how important it is uh, that we take life and the issues of life and abortion and all of the things that surround that very seriously. But before I even get started, I want to acknowledge in a room like this, you could go in any room uh, in America and even in the church and know uh, that the issues of abortion, uh, the issues that we're going to talk about today, which are for the most part, very happy issues. We're going to be talking about adoption today, but the whole idea of abortion touches people at the very heart and soul of who they are. So in a room like this, I know there's hurts, there's pains. Uh, You may not have experienced anything like that in your own life, but uh, if you're like me, uh, you know folks that have. And so with that being said, I I will tell you that in the past for this Sunday, we have focused on the whole issue of abortion. And what does God's Word say about it? Uh, What are we doing as a church about it? How are we supporting those ministries around Memphis and the Mid-South that are very involved in that just uh, critical issue of our time? Um, And so that being said, uh, we are going to transition this Sunday and talk about adoption because we oftentimes find ourselves saying, well, we certainly as believers in Christ and trusting in God's Word, know, I trust, that God's Word is clear that life indeed is sacred. And if life is sacred and those choosing life don't feel like they have uh, the means, the what have you, a myriad of issues to raise a child, what, what are the options? And there are some wonderful, wonderful options out there. And we as a church uh, here at Grace of Anne support many of those options. So I am going to give you just a little bit of background, just a few minutes, and then I'm very excited that Paula Hedgepeth, who of course is our wonderful piano player, who is playing the piano right now, is going to be joining us. Many of you may not know her story, and I'm going to let her tell you her story, and she may even have a special uh, guest with her. So this morning, one of the things I will tell you about this whole topic of adoption is that uh, lots of work has been done studying adoption and who adopts and uh, how open are we as a country and as a community uh, in particular to adoption. You might know uh, Barna did a study about five years ago that said that 25% of adults in America have considered adoption, considered adoption at some level. And I know that for Avery and myself, that is indeed true. Uh, Avery, after our first child, uh, there was about a three-year period there when uh, the second pregnancy, if you will, was not happening. We began to pursue this idea of adoption and, in fact, did a home study and were pursuing international adoption. And wouldn't you know it, as the stories often happen, uh, she became pregnant and things got put on hold. But we began to really think about that as an opportunity for us and and an option. So 25% of adults say they've considered it, but only 2% have actually adopted, 2%. 
Well, in the Christian church, the percentages are this. 38% of evangelical Christians, those that proclaim Christ as their Lord and Savior, have said they've considered adoption. And 5% of Christian families have adopted. So more than twice as many Christian families have adopted as the general population. Did you know that in the United States, over half of all adoptions worldwide take place in the United States of America? So 2% of the population are adopting over half of the children worldwide. So those are some statistics that can really, uh, really make you think, really make you think about this whole idea of adoption. Well, we certainly, I hope, uh, don't need to spend a lot of time talking about just the biblical mandate for adoption, but I will at least tell you two things. Number one, uh, this whole idea of, of adoption is, in fact, very clearly represented, uh, or represented in the gospel. Uh, I'm going to take you to a passage, if you have uh, your Bibles, Ephesians 1.5, Ephesians 1.5, and I will read this verse to you, very familiar verse, I trust, to those of us in this room, and here is God's Word, Ephesians 1.5. In love, He predestined us for adoption, read that again, in love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, and I'll continue verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So clearly you see that this whole idea of adoption represented in our standing with Jesus Christ, that we have been adopted into God's family, and that is just a wonderful picture, a wonderful picture for those considering adoption, for this idea of adoption, particularly for those of us that trust Christ as our Lord and Savior. So number one, adoption is clearly the gospel. And then number two, adoption is mission or missional work. I will take you to uh, the book of James, James 1, 27. James 1, 27. Again, God's Word. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Adoption tells us that our purpose in this age as the people of Christ is to advocate for those that are unable to advocate for themselves. So lots more could be said just about how adoption fits in to this whole idea of uh, as believers uh, in Jesus Christ. But I trust that you will find out even more today and in the weeks ahead uh, that this church has taken a very strong stand for adoption and coming alongside families of Grace of Ann uh, in many ways, some you'll hear about very soon, uh, that are tangible, uh, very supportive, and are meant to be a representation of what we believe that God's Word teaches about adoption. So with that being said, at any moment, I'm waiting for Paula Hedgepeth to walk in the room. Uh, Paula is uh, someone that up until I was uh, told or asked to do this this morning, I was not aware uh, that she was adopted. So I'm going to take a chance here, and I'm going to say, does anyone have an adoption story very brief that you would like to raise your hand and tell us about? And we'll see where that takes us. Anybody? 
Mm, nobody? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for being brave. Stand up and, te- stand up and tell us who you are. Wow. Tell us your names one more time. Tracy and Kenny Hatley. Tracy and Kenny Hatley, and they sit on the front row. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you all so much. Paula, come on up. Thank you so much for that testimony. You know, what I will say is this, and and if I don't remember to say it at the end, I want to say it right now. Come on up. Not not every story of adoption is is a happy story. Uh, We know that. Uh, We we know that life is, is, there are no guarantees. And when you say the word adoption, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed a smooth journey. Come on up. Can we, can we sit up here? Or would you rather have just a chair? Okay. Here, I'm going to. Can you put that there? And so with that being said, if you'll give us just a quick moment, we're going to get set up. Hi, Paula. Hey. How are you? I'm good. This must be Ann. This is Ann. Hi, Ann Ward. Thank you. Can, Thank you. Do you want to take your coat off, or are you okay? okay. So we all know that uh, this is Miss Paula Hedgepeth, and uh, this is her adopted mom, Ann Ward. Is that correct, Miss Ward? Right. And uh, they have both uh, graciously agreed to be here this morning. And I'm not sure that y'all have seen uh, any kind of questions, but we're really here, and what I've done over the last couple of minutes is just talk about uh, what does the Bible say about adoption and how important it is. Uh, a little bit about statistics on who is actually adopting uh, in America and worldwide. So you came in just the nick of time. Oh, good. We actually have ge- <laughs> we have guests in our class that told us a brief briefly about their story. And so, Paula, why don't you just start? Just tell us. Just kind of give us a framework for when you we say the word adoption, you hear the word adoption. How does that relate to you? How does it relate to me? Oh, um, it's hard to put that all into words. But I, why don't I say that? Um, first of all, I grew up from the time I was able to talk with knowing that I was adopted. I had no idea what it meant um, to be adopted, but I, they, they, told, they taught me to say that, you know, when I would meet somebody that I was, um, I was their adopted daughter. I'm mommy and daddy's adopted daughter. And then I, I remember a very early memory, but I think I must have been about seven or eight. It sounds like really early, but that's not really early. Hearing the word adoption at church um, because there was somebody talking to us about that's how we relate to God, that we're his adopted children, which prompted me to come home and, and ask, like, what does that really mean now? For the first time, I kind of understood what it meant physically to be adopted. Very nice. Thank you, mm-hmm. Paula. Ms. Ward, we would love uh, for you to tell us. I'm not sure if uh, we have met you before. Of course, you've been here many times. Um, uh, tell us uh, maybe how it is that you were moved uh, towards adoption, and I'm not sure if Paula is your only adopted child, but uh, how is it that you came to the idea of adoption? And I think the microphone... I put it on. Did you? Okay, and if you'll just talk right into it. Thank you. Adoption... Can y'all hear her? Uh Adoption is such a God-given privilege. Mm. 
we already had two little boys, and we wanted a little girl so bad <laughs> that we really prayed about it, and the Lord opened doors for us, and it took us a little longer to get our baby girl because we already had the two little boys, but the Wait was worth it all. It really was. During this time, you grow so close to the Lord. And in prayer, praying that we prayed that she would fit into the family and look like us and be like us. <laughs> and one of our little boys prayed and said, we're not red-headed, and we don't want a red-headed baby. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> adoption is so such a God-given opportunity, and um, it's such a privilege to go through this journey. And I just encourage anyone that's thinking about it to please go for it. Ms. Ward, tell us, and you may have missed it, and Paula, you may have mentioned that. How old was Paula when you adopted her? Paula was four weeks and one day. Wow. And I encourage you to get a baby as small as you can and get used to that bonding that you have with a small baby. You don't have too much of that with an older child, but... It took us maybe two years, and our social worker kept coming to the house and talking to us, and there were three mothers that were expecting. Hmm. One decided not to give her baby away. The second one, she decided something different right there at the last I think she decided to place it with a family member and have an open adoption but then the third one really fit into our family the background they told us did and we kept waiting we knew her time was coming mm. And we kept waiting, like expecting any minute. <laughs> and the social worker called and told us that we now had a baby girl, how much she weighed, and it would be six weeks before we could pick her up at the Baptist Children's Home. So we had the nursery already, everything prepared, and... One day, the social worker called us and told us, would you like to come on and get this baby now? <laughs> she is screaming and crying. Oh. And <laughs> that doesn't sound like Paula. It's oh, really bad. So <laughs> she was finding her voice course. even then. <laughs> yeah. Of course we would. So my husband and I drove out to the children's home and the social worker and Brother Butler at that time brought her in. And all we got with Paula was two diaper pins 
and a pacifier. We didn't even have a bottle. <laughs> but we had made an appointment to bring her back to the pediatrician's office and let him check her over. And he looked at the paperwork we had and decided that it was not a real good formula. So he fixed a different formula. And I gave her a bottle on the way home, and mm. she slept and was such a good baby. And was all night hungry. long, was she was hungry. so good. Do I? I like to eat. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Started early. Yes, Four weeks, I see. <laughs> the social worker called us the next day and wanted to know if we had pulled our hair out. We said, no, we've got a good baby. <laughs> well, thank you. Paula, tell us... Um, you know, I'm just going to jump around a little bit, but do you have a relationship uh, with your birth mother? Yes, And tell I us do. a little bit about how that came about. Um, well, you know, I was, I'm 50, so 50 years ago, um, open adoptions I don't think were a really big mm-hmm. thing, and so my adoption was closed, but um, I had a, a really strong desire to know who my birth mother was for a long time, through, through my teens. And um, the way the laws worked at that time is that I had to be um, 25 mm-hmm. before I could request the state to find her. And then when I turned, the year I turned 24, they had lowered the law to 21. So I had to go through this waiting list. So um, I've actually now known her for half my life. Like we wow. met when I was 25. And uh, she was living, she was from Tipton County originally, um, which is really close, and they, they didn't normally place a baby that close to a adopted family. But she was living in D.C. at the time, and we, I flew up there and met her, and then she has family still here. She and her husband now have actually moved to Arlington, so they're here. Mm. And, um, you know, she's just one of the other grandmas in our family. <laughs> so she, uh, she, she couldn't be here today. They're visiting other children in D.C., in that area, but we have a really great relationship with each other, really, really strong. Wow. And one of the the top memories of my life is them meeting for the first time mm. and and hugging each other and t- each telling the other thank you. Oh. Um, it was just uh, I I lost it. Of course, it was very emotional. But it was great. Makes me want to close <laughs> in prayer and not talk about <laughs> anything else. That's really the, yes. I mean, that's really the best of all stories when it comes to. Adoption, and particularly when bring, bringing two families yes. together. And Ms. Ward, uh, you were uh, awfully gracious to encourage Paula to uh, discover. We told her from the time she was a little girl that she was adopted. And when she was six or seven years old, I remember her telling our two boys they were in a spat like siblings do. And she said, well, they told her, yes, you're adopted, we know. And she said, yes, Mama and Daddy had to take you. They had no choice. But I'm special. I'm special. I'm adopted. Yeah. That's really funny. That is great. So, Paula, what about the relationship with your brothers, two mm-hmm. brothers, right? It's my relationship with my brothers, I think, is is a little different just because they both left home right when they turned 18. Like, one went into the Army and the other went into the Navy. 
and there's 10 years between me and the youngest one. Wow. So um, there's just a big age gap. Sure. So we're not as close as we would have been, I think, if we were closer in age. But So Paula, tell us, you know, when you think of this whole idea of adoption, and obviously the Lord has used you uh, through the years to encourage and to come alongside families, maybe even some in this room or in this church, what, what are a couple of things that just immediately... Uh, come out of you when you start talking about adoption and parents in particular that are considering it. Obviously, this was a, a national mm-hmm. adoption, not an international. There's, there's all right. kinds of different things that go on. But what right. are some things that come to mind that you quickly go to when you're talking to a, a family that may be considering? Um, well, I would just say, you know, really, honesty is the best policy as far as um, telling them young and and they're not going to get it, what it means, but just knowing that I was, I think it really, really helped that I always knew I was adopted um, instead of finding it out later. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side of that, my birth, like my birth mother did not tell her. My, I have three, like she ended up marrying my birth father a year after I was placed for adoption. Okay. So I have three full blood brothers and they all found out in really bad ways, kind of like from other people or you know, when they were older, and so that was kind of hard. Um, I just, you know, I, I think what I talk about the most, what really burdens me is that <clears throat> there's, I just recently watched this documentary, it's called 12th in Delaware, and it was an abortion clinic across from a, a pregnancy center mm-hmm. that, you know, wants obviously helping women to keep their babies, but there was no, never a mention of adoption, oh. that it's just grieves me that it's like girls today think they have to either keep the baby or to abort the baby. And there's this wonderful alternative called adoption. Um, And so I just, I, I think it's been great. I think that um, as far as like my faith goes, um, I can't ever remember a time when I didn't believe there was a God and no God and, and feel like he had a role in my life. And I think that adoption just helped me believe in his sovereignty early on. I remember the story of Joseph really resonating with mm. me. Like God had a reason um, for having me in this home and his ways and purposes are good. And it's so neat now to be able to look and see those reasons. I can see where I would have been and I could see where I was, mm. you know? Yeah. So Wow. I mean, this is really a unique situation where you have a kind of a, a open doors to your, mm-hmm. to the family, your your uh, birth mother and her family. They all live here, and so it's you really do get both sides yes. of it. Yes. Ms. Ward, when uh, when you were going through the adoption process, what what were some obstacles even 50 years <clears throat> ago? I think that one of the things that comes to our minds when we think about adoption is is the cost. And we wonder, I think, some of us as to why exactly it does cost so much. And so t- talk a little bit about a couple of the obstacles in, in, at that time. This, we, we started this in 1964. And um, at that time, when we first filled out all of our paperwork, we had to have six letters from family, and six letters from just like creditors or people that we had done business with. And um, we could even use 
some neighbors as references. And this was one of the things that it was a little touchy. We had some family members that they didn't think that we could love an adopted child like we do our very own flesh and blood. But you do, if not a little bit more. (laughs) The Lord sees to that. And he answers prayers. Back then, the cost was we had to have um, credit references, um, references from the bank, and things like that. The best I remember, even with going through the courts and the attorney to enter what they call an interlocutory degree, where we went before a judge and swear that we will raise this child to have equal opportunities of our other children, that we would love this child like we do our other children. Should one of us pass away, that our will would let this child be a beneficiary just like our other two children. But the best I remember back in 64, the cost was less than 500, and I'm sure it's gone up quite considerably now. Yeah, you're exactly right. It is worth it all, worth it all. Thank you, thank you. Well, what I would like to do is open the class up for questions. Uh, either for Mrs. Ward or Paula. So just raise your hand. Yes, ma'am. Miss Nancy. I'm going to turn this. I'm gonna, oh, one, one second. <laughs> Thank you. Miss Ward, when did you discover that Paula had such a unique and profound talent for music? Mm. So when did you discover that Paula had a unique talent for music? When she was three years old. My husband and I were very active in church, and our boys were too. We would go down on Sunday afternoon and prepare the food for the youth choir. And Paula was running around while we were doing that. And she would get up on the piano stool and peck at things. And I began to notice that she was picking out tunes by ear. And the little tune, Oh, I Wish I Were an Oscar Mayer Wiener. So spiritual. <laughs> she play- I like to she, eat. Paula. She, played that. <laughs> she played that over and over. And I told my husband, I said, that tune is on TV every day. And she was three years old. Well, I asked a lady in our church about giving her music lessons. And she said, not until she's five, because her fingers aren't big enough, spread out enough. So when she became five, she was already playing several tunes. We had already bought a piano, an old used piano that was blue. (laughs) Someone had painted it. But anyway, we had it tuned, and 
and she could play several tunes. And I noticed that I could hum something or my husband could hum something and she would just go to the piano and play. Wow. And we just knew that that was a God-given talent. So we just really prayed about it and asked the Lord to give us the funds to give her music lessons and the means, and he did. Amen. Amen, and we are all the beneficiaries of that. I have to ask, Paula, is is there music on the birth side of your family? Yes, my birth mother... Um, actually, you, there was very little we knew about her. I think we knew that she was, I mean, we knew she was young. Um, and, but they, the Baptist Children's Home had told my, my parents that she played the piano. Um, so I think that that's what made me continue lessons. Hmm. Like so many teenagers, you know, they get, they hit middle school and high school and they become busy and they quit. Um, and that was sort of my, I felt like my connection with her was was that and so so you had been told obviously that right i i knew it i knew it and um so when we met um that first time we had like you know a singing and playing session she played i sang we played sang together it was really neat so did she still play Mm -hmm. she does and y'all played together yep yep wow she does that's a great when they're in another room singing you can't tell the voice that's apart. Is that right? Wow. Okay, great. Another question. Just raise your hand. I'm going to bring the microphone to you. Yes, sir. Yes, Richard. <laughs> Richard, stand up. I miss Ward. Um, your, wor- your wait was well worth it, I promise. Um, <laughs> I would like to know, we, catched it, we touched on it just a tad about the, uh, the, the decision to be honest with Paula that she was an adopted child. And to say that, was that a pretty good discussion between you and your husband, or was it just a natural, this is what we're going to do? My husband and I, we discussed that. We wanted to tell her from the very beginning and explain the word adoption to her. We didn't want her to grow up and someday discover it, and it be a total shock. We we explained it coming up, raised her with that idea, and uh, told her that the Lord had placed her with us. That was his choice. Mm. Wow. Good answer. Okay, another question. Now we're being kind of quiet this morning. Yes. Question? Yeah, please do. Let me ask Paula. If someone asked you when you were a teenager who your mom was, would there have been? Um, I've, I've never thought of her as anything but my real mom. You know, like it's kind of, then, then you say real mom, like what do you mean by real mom? Mm-hmm. But um, I might have had some explanation that, you know, I'm, I'm, I am adopted and so I know that there's a birth mother out there. But as far as, her being my real mom. I've always felt like she is it. She is my real mom. And um, so, yeah, I I would say, and it's just, and this is my own experience, and I know of one other sweet older lady 
that was also adopted and mentor of mine that felt the same way, um, just to be aware of with an adopted child, <clears throat> you, they did such a really, really great job um, explaining adoption to me and telling me how much they wanted me and telling me how special I was and I was chosen and, you know, me knowing that God had me in the place. But there's still that little piece that I felt that somebody didn't want me. And that has been hard, a little hard at times. I think it just makes, it, it can make you um, just really driven and really like you have something to prove. Like you, um, you have to, like I, I have felt at times like I have to prove my worthiness to be here, I guess. Um, I'm, get, I'm getting better as I grow, I grow mature, I'm getting better um, at that. But, and, and especially as I grow in the Lord, it's really, really helped um, not that, I guess, that confidence. But I would just say that that, that can be a thing. I, I've talked about this with, like I said, my, my uh, friend, um, and she felt the same way. She's like, there's just something there that just makes you feel like you have something to do. But so just if you do adopt, just all, you know, just keep pouring that on, that love and that, that acceptance and because that's important. Every, every child needs that, but it can good. be different if you're sensitive, a child. That's good. Good. Thank you. I'd like yes, like ma'am, please. There was a time in junior high when uh, she came home from school one Friday afternoon, and she was real quiet and withdrawn. And we noticed this even on Saturday and Sunday and we knew that something was wrong, and when we got home from church that Sunday, Dad and I just decided we're going to have a powwow and <laughs> see what's wrong. So we did. Went in her room. She was already in there and had eaten and closed the door, and we just sat down on the side of her bed and said, Now, Paula, what is wrong? She started just boohooing and telling us that in science class, biology, that they had asked her, the teacher had asked her, what color, uh, where did you get the color of your hair? Where did you get the color of your eyes? On a pop question that she had passed out. And Paula had written, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And the teacher had marked a big zero on that paper and held it up before the class and said, Paula Smarty Pants has made a big zero because she's answered all these questions. I don't know. Well, it upset her to no end because she was smart. She was straight A student. So we, at that moment, we got all of our paperwork out and just spread it out on the bed and let her look at it, read it, and think about it. And we t told her how much we loved her, and it didn't matter where she got the color of her hair, her eyes, that if one day she wanted to search and find her biological parents, 
that we just believe the Lord puts that yearning within their hearts. Just be honest with adopted children and tell them all the way. Daddy even told her at that moment, he said, Honey, if it'll make your life more complete, I will go up on their porch and ring the doorbell (laughs) for you. So if you want to find them. And we really, really prayed about it. Needless to say, we went to the school. Oh, that's that's, that's, we, we, that's what we were. We were kind of waiting for that. <laughs> Their support in in that process of being able to search was was really big to me too, because I didn't feel like <clears throat> I never felt like I was belittling, belittling them as parents. Or, yeah, right. You or know, thinking less of your. Upbringing. Or thinking less sure. of them. They and I think moms always, you know. Would, has talked about her ancestry and her genealogy, and she has people in her family that have done all this research, and she knew that I didn't have that. And she just was very supportive of that idea, so, which was great. It's fantastic. Well, we just want to say thank you. You're welcome. Thank you both this very, very much for, uh, for just being willing to um, be used by the Lord in this way. And I I don't know, you know, if we could take a few minutes and hear kind of uh, how folks are being or thinking right now. There are probably folks in this room that know others that are in this process. Maybe they themselves are adopted, and you've really encouraged them, so so thank you. And, I, Paul, I will say this, and I, I, I can say it, I'm sure, with confidence, that if there's someone in this room that would like to talk about adoption or could be encouraged, that you would be available for that. I would be happy that. to talk to you about it. Yeah, so I think, I think we know where we can find Paula. And uh, we certainly appreciate it. So what I'd like to do is close us in prayer. Uh, But before I do, I just want to remind you that you're going to be hearing more about this from the Life MIT here at Grace of Anne. Uh, This session and the church, uh, we've really, uh, I want to say, rounded a corner, which doesn't necessarily mean we haven't been concerned, but we're moving aggressively towards uh, this whole idea of, of encouraging and uh, helping families at Grace of Anne through this process. So you're going to be hearing more about that, uh, but I will tell you that uh, someone that has been a part of our class in the past, Gary Bynum, uh, who leads the Life MIT, Janetta Adair, who is often in this class, they would love to speak to you. If you have uh, questions, uh, questions uh, related, uh, the Bynums uh, have adopted children, and so there's that, and also uh, there's resources as well that he can begin to connect you with. So Gary Bynum, who is one of our elders, you can actually go online if you um, need to find out how to get in touch with him. So I'm going to close this in prayer. Again, thank you both so much. Yes, do you need to go? Oh. Okay, yep, Paula's got to go. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And do you want to go with her? Do do y'all want to go together? So I'll close in prayer in just a few minutes. How's that? Yep, 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 yep. Thank y'all so much. Hope I didn't make you late. Thank you, Ms. Ward. Thank you so much. So, I would like to say, keep on praying. Amen. You know what? I'm not going to pray. That's our closing prayer. (laughs) Amen to that. Ms. Ward, thank you. Paula, thank you. You're dismissed.